What's up, y'all? Welcome back to my podcast, What She Wants. I'm your host, Mandy, and this freak show is what I call my life. We're now in season two. Yeah, yeah. And my mission at this point is to restore the love to humanity. So today I want to talk about a gentleman, a lady, and a gangster. And what I mean by that is I want to talk about kind of the way we see ourselves. And I want to, like, address the fact, because, again, I think these are discussions that we need to have, that society puts these labels out there that says either you're poor or you're middle class or you're, you know, this or you're that. And I want to kind of dispel some of that all the way around. And I do want to get in there to our our communities and our community members who were on the bottom of this, you know, financially and say to you guys that don't give up. There is hope. And I hope that this discussion will make life better for for all of us. Um, Again, I've been in a a position where I've had no money and kids to take care of. And I did whatever I had to do by any means necessary. And I feel like this is a a gangster kind of motto is you do whatever you have to do by any means necessary. And even in, in the military, if you're a soldier, you know, it's, you got to do it by any means. You got to fulfill the mission, no matter what it takes. And I feel like in my journey that that has made me, I be able to a identify with quote unquote gangster lifestyles or, you know, be in this, this crowd of respect because because I was doing whatever it took by any means necessary and I'm not a gangster (laughs) I cannot speak Ebonics I am not a thug I'm not the G'd up tattooed oh my god I am so prissy I want the blazer on I want you know, a jacket of some kind, I want a brooch. I really, if I had my way, I would be in some stilettos, but I had that wreck. And so anyway, that's a whole nother topic. But I love being a lady. I love having nice things. I love being surrounded by the beauty that I've created in my own life. And I know that each and every one of us, we're chasing for the same thing. That's why I called this podcast What She Wants, because I know, ladies, that we're out there and we're searching for something. We're not quite sure how to define that something, but we are. We're looking for something. And I know that that something is the love and respect I talked about in the last episode. We, we want these things. And I told you in that last episode that one of the things that kind of blew my mind about my husband being from, you know, the, the underprivileged community all the way, he, he went to the, 
the worst of the worst. He lived in, you know, the most run down, broken down places. And that's not the case all the way for him. He's had highs and lows just like everyone else. But when he talks to me about the lows in his life and what he experienced, these are things that I thought were not not true. I really did. I thought these were, you know, things that we had overcome as societies and all the progress that we've made through the generations. And I thought there was a better level of acceptance, even when I was a kid, just by what I was convinced was a, a normal thing. And it wasn't, it wasn't normal. And so I feel like being able to identify on both fronts as that lady and the gangster is is really due to the respect that my husband has taught me about gangster life and how you treat someone, you know, even your enemy. There's really a code of ethics, you know, honor among thieves kind of thing that exists even in your enemies and I know right now, um, especially for my hometown and my home state as a whole, is some of the most violent times that we have seen. And again, this is why I feel like I need to bring this out. But I don't want to talk to the city officials. Fuck them. They're not doing anything to make any of this better for us. If we want this to change and we want to restore this love and respect then we have to do that in ourselves. We have to be able to identify with each other. The same way as my square self identifies with a lifestyle that I've never, I can't say that I've never had to live because so long as I've been married to my husband, I have had to live this lifestyle and I have had to, you know, assess, adapt and overcome. Thank you to the military lifestyle for teaching me those principles and getting to back to a point where I felt more like myself because I wasn't putting on this facade and I I I feel like we need to take this down because at this point I look back at the things I felt fake about and realize that I really wasn't all that fake that the things I identified with the most were characteristics of of myself that that those code of ethics that that honor of thieves gave to me and it has forever again changed my perspective in this life now I'll never go to being you know a complete gangster in that sense I'm you know, that's not me. That's not who I am. Because at the end of the day, I'm still a lady. I'm still, you know, this square person. So I, I love that about myself. And the people who meet me, who talk to me and spend time with me, they love that about me as well. That I can, I can identify with each other without having to turn myself into something that I'm not. I don't have to be fake to do that. And I think that in a sense of that, you know, we've been taught about, you know, gangsterism coming from 
you know, both sides of this fence that, you know, that this is only a violent life because of states like Louisiana who boast the violence that is in their state. They promote the violence that's in their state. It is all that they talk about. There's billboards dedicated to it. There's news programs that run it constantly. You know, we're only looking at this one angle. And I have to tell you, you know, I said it before that when I was out selling bracelets and I needed to change the course of my day into something positive because I was receiving too many no's, I went to the gangsters. I found the ones that was, you know, all the way stereotypically dressed. They had the tats. They had the baggy clothes. They had the solid color, whatever color that was. It didn't matter to me. That didn't matter. I I went to you for respect and love. And I knew that you could identify with me as a square white woman to respect and love that I was trying to get it. And to me, that shows your heart. It shows what you're truly capable of, despite what the system has told you about yourself. You know, we have so many things right now where we're discussing body image. But what about self-image? What about community image? What about those aspects of life and living that we just leave out? It's not just body regulations for women that we have to get rid of as a normal way to judge a woman. We got to get rid of all of these judgments, really, that say, oh, well, if you look like this, then you're that. Because that is not what I ever found to be the truth of the situation. Again, every gangster in every city that I ever approached gave me love and respect. And the part I appreciated the most of the whole experience Was that I had created something that you would wear in pride and you would share with other people. And I know this because other people have come to me and encountered me and said, Hey, I saw this on my friend. I saw this on this person. I saw this at this place. And I loved it. And then they told me the story about how they met you. And do you remember this encounter? And being that everything was happening in recent moments, you know, day to day, there was a chance that I did remember exactly that experience with that person to say, oh, yes, I do. I remember your friend. And then the pride just burst out because I'm not just telling my story here I'm telling all of our stories I'm telling what we're all experiencing in one side of the spectrum being broke being poor not being able to take care of our families you know we look at our disparities and our how we're told to define our separation and I'm not really a follower I don't I don't take something that someone says and just because they say it 
then that's the the whole truth of the matter. And that includes especially the stuff that comes from the TV. I used to call it the boob tube because it would make you a boob. But I, I don't take those things that are put there for me to think about in a way. And I don't think about them in that particular way. And this is one of the main topics that I feel like I need to address because even my husband and the labels that were put on him by the system, he told me in advance before it happened that it was going to come. And I didn't believe him. And I was like, yeah, right. There's no way that the DA knows your name by heart and who you are until I experienced that first court case. And I went in there and the DA did in fact come sit with me and tell me that, you know, I was too much of a lady to be with such a gangster. And at that point, I was in my 20s and I was very disillusioned in all the book knowledge I had worked so hard to attain to be prepped for Ivy League that I... I, I got made me sick. It made me sick. It made me sick. It really did. And to be able to discuss with my husband, honestly, all the things that he had done, you know, the actions that he had taken, and where he was in himself at the time, and where he was from that experience now, at that point we were having the discussion, showed me the humanness in what we consider to be gangsters. You know, this is just a man, and he was trying to do the best that he could with what he had to work with to attain something better. And he called it hustle. And I was like, wow. You know, I come from the white side, the, you know, privileged side, and I know that I do, but here, my fellow privileged people, this is where we use all the privilege that we've had, the blessings of being able to experience and use it so that everyone else can have privilege to just live their life as an individual in their own pursuit of happiness. And that's what makes us Americans. We all just want to be able to do what we want to do without the judgment and with love and respect whether you agree with my opinion or not I don't have to do what you do just because that's what you do I can do what I want to do just because that's me and again when it comes to to seeing David and, and having these discussions with him and then not long after that experiencing life as his wife, as his significant other in this lifestyle that he's accustomed to. Because, you know, again, women, I have to admit, you know, that the guy in our relationship tends to lead us. Whether we like it or not, it is a natural course that we just fall into without even thinking, which means that it is a muscle memory in some form or capacity. And... 
I had to respect this man. I really did. I know that the privileged lifestyle that I received was because of my granddaddy. And when I sat down and really started discussing with David the principles of life that my grandfather instilled in me my entire youth were things that he had discovered to be life principles based on his, you know, fucked up upbringing and the trauma involved in that. And I'm not even ready to discuss the trauma. I mean, we're going to get to that. But my grandfather went from, you know, being able to live with his mom, you know, but granny owned a bar. You know, she was a woman in the 30s, 40s, 50s, all the way to the 80s when she passed, who owned a jute joint, which means she sold whiskey and beer. And a lot of that time was during Prohibition. And she was definitely doing this shit way before feminists and women's rights activists were even in the limelight. Um, you know, she owned nine, I mean, 32 acres of land and she had nine husbands. This bitch was an outlaw. She was a female outlaw from the jump. She was doing what the fuck she wanted to do, not giving a fuck what anybody else thought about it and was not going to let anyone disrupt what she wanted to do. And for that, she lost my, my grandfather and he went to live with his, his dad and his stepmom and that woman beat him, beat him until he ended up in an orphanage. And when he ended up in the orphanage, he had to survive by any means necessary. And we're talking about like post depression era. And at some point he ended up in the army under age and he went to fight in, I think, World War Two, And ended up um, being in the kitchen and my grandfather is not exactly I mean don't get me wrong I love my grandfather and when I was coming up things about race or race speech that was prohibited in our household we didn't even discuss that topic it was not allowed and I think that that not allowed thing was because we didn't know how to tread on it. And we didn't know how to tread, you know, we, so we just avoided it. And thinking in all the documentaries that I love to watch now as an adult, and thinking about back about my grandfather telling me this about his past, led me to realize that he was probably one of just a few white people who were working in the kitchen during the war. And then it hit me. My granddaddy was an OG gangster. He was. He was that street living, do what you have to do kind of person. And the principles that he taught me in this life were exactly that code of ethics. And that, you know, honor of Hmong thieves kind of principles. He took it back to religion because, again, you feel like because of societal um, 
no, what do I call them? Community judgment standards that you're doing something wrong by participating in this survival mode that's label, labeled gangster. And it's not. It's, it's a survival mode. Now, again, what I have learned about it is that when we stop putting them under these community judgment standards and start putting these communities into a you know respect and love of survival mode and you do what you have to do to get somewhere better then we realize that these are just human beings who want to eat they just want something to eat they want a nice house to live in they don't want holes in their floors they don't want trash in their yard they want all of the things that everybody else wants Yo, today we call it bad and bougie. I want to be bad and bougie. But we don't have the tools that we need on that bottom in order to get to something better. So we have to do this by any means necessary. And a lot of times we are met with a wall of disrespect and unlove and judgment that we have to fight for it. And I told you... Being in the South, if you disrespect me, we're going to fight. We're going to have words. And if words take us to action, then so be it. I ain't scared. And I feel like that is where we're at in our communities as a people. That there are so many individuals who feel the same way that this has become a community standard. And we just react in violence and say fuck it I'm not putting up with this shit no more I don't gotta put up with this shit no more and the one way we're taught is that you know this is what you gotta be and this is what you have to do in order to be this or in order to survive right now and get to something better you gotta sell some dope let's break some crack rocks let's sell some meth now you got fentanyl and pills running around you know these aren't new drugs. These drugs have been around. But now it's taken a precedented lead to community judgment standards that say, you know, again, this is your only way out. So you got to get out by any means necessary, and this is how you got to do it. And we're teaching our young that this is how they got to do it. And that's not, that's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. We don't have to get it like that. Now we can get it by any means necessary. That's not the part that I'm removing from this equation. I'm not, that's not the part that I'm taking out of this discussion. Get it by any means necessary. But it doesn't have to be in a negative way it doesn't have to be with negative influences because I got news for everybody out there selling drugs is not the easy life that it is said to be oh my god it is not easy it is more fucking stressful than a nine to five sitting in a cubicle somewhere doing what you're told it is a whole lot more stressful But these are the people who can deal with these distress 
and make a business from it and then thrive in ways, but it continues to be this cycle of negativity in their life. It leads to recidivism. It leads to tunnel vision that there's no other way out. You sell dope and then you become a rap star and this is the formula for living that works and it's it's that's a lie it's a lie well let's dispel the lies that's a lie I myself am proof that I could go hard like any rap song tells you street life is I could go hard with you but I don't have to sell drugs for it to be my by mean any means necessary And I've been given this topic a whole lot of thought. Again, about how can I take an action that will change that. And so I sat down and started writing a business plan for resources, community resources. Because I'm, I'm really fucked the community resources. You guys are out here destroying our families and our communities more than you're helping them. So, fuck y'all. It's time for a new era in how a community can help itself. And I do. I have this business plan for this nonprofit in the works. And I, I can't wait to reveal it to you guys. So, you have to stay tuned through the season. And at the end of this season, moving into the next. Because I feel like the next season is going to be right around the corner for us. But... I will reveal it at the end of, of this season as I move into the next one. But there is a resource that I am I am contemplating extremely hard to, ch- to take this action to change this. And I'm saying that we don't have to be poor. And I'm I'm a talk right now to all of our upper middle class, our middle class, anyone who makes more than a hundred thousand dollars a year, anyone who makes more than fifty thousand dollars a year, um, you guys, you guys, we don't have to have welfare programs that cause codependency. You know, there are, there is a better way, but we need some help from your class levels in order to get there. We don't need just your money. We need your love and your respect to give us the freedom to be able to put ourselves in the arena and say, hey, I have this idea that I really believe can make it work and we need you to love and respect that. And I have no doubt in my mind that as this business plan progresses and I start enacting this in this in resource into our communities that you won't be on board. You know, there's no doubt that you won't be there to support us all and really show us some love. Now, I know that my... My times are getting longer and longer, but I hope that the discussion is getting better and better and that you're hanging out and, you know, we're really going to make some changes. So I want to take a short commercial break, Um, go respect and give some love 
to our sponsor right now i got um anchor fm which is my platform it has done amazing things for me in my life not just with my mental health not just with achieving my goals but um you know just in my whole spirit and my whole mind body play and so go give them some love if you have an idea let's let's get it out there don't be scared take the first first shot at it click on the links you know go visit them um, on the web however you got to do it but we'll be right back welcome back thank you to our sponsors so I, I really appreciate all that they do just to give us a platform so that we can express ourselves um, so today we're talking about a gentleman a lady and a gangster and I put these classifications together because all of us are gentlemen and all of us are ladies and societal ju I mean community judgment standard says that if you're either one of those you can't be a gangster or if you're a gangster you can't be a lady or a gentleman and I'm here to you know fuck that lie up I, I'm not I can't even like sugarcoat that I, that is the most worst lie that we are told in our communities and in ourselves that you can't be both you can't be a gentleman and a gangster you can't be a lady and a gangster and so far we have kind of like defined you know in a sense what our community is really like and it is a whole lot of people who are out there trying to make a better way by any means necessary and that's the whole point of living in this lifestyle it's the whole point of quote-unquote being a gangster because you're looking for this love and respect to get to a better place because you're in a fucked up place when you start and then you think that this decision is going to make you a better you know get you to a better place and you know what it ends up doing is becoming acts of destruction in yourself and in your communities and by this again I kind of touched on it in the first segment about um, you know that we take these negative actions that cause us to be stuck in a cycle of negative reactions so in other words you know we go to sell dope because we think that that's gonna pay our bills and give us money that we can eat on and we can buy the things that we want and you know give us the better life that we're seeking and then it turns into recidivism it turns into um, drug use in in some of us it turns into a lot of negative different paths that are offered there and you know I want to say this because I want to dispel the myth that there's a difference between the doctor that you visit and the gangster that you buy your dope from on the s streets and I want to be real honest here there's no fucking difference there is no difference all that school that that doctor went through and all that money he spent to get that P that PhD that doctorate was really a waste of money because again all he is doing is you know pushing drugs on people who probably don't even need them that's a whole different episode though 
I will touch on all of these subjects. But I just wanted to go on the record and say, you know, I don't see any difference, you know, except for economic lines. Because a lot of you will say it's race. And Sabra, I've met some white boys, some Mexican boys, girls, women of all races and creeds. And they're out there selling drugs, selling dope, selling whatever it takes in order to get to the better life that they want. And this has to do with being in that place where you want to get to something better. And this is why we make the decisions that we do. It doesn't have anything to do with, oh, we want to be, you know, this persona. We just do these actions because this is what's going to pay our bills. It's, it's about being poor and in immediate need of something better because if you come from a background where you have financial freedom even if you are young and it's coming from your parents you're you're still at an advantage to a lot of community members because they don't have that and you have to understand that we all want to be in that spot of financial freedom because ultimately that's what this whole life boils down to is is what we're being taught that it boils down to you know that money is the root of all evil thing but that's not the truth that again it's not you know oh we're trying to do something evil you know just for the sake of doing that evil action and i'm not saying that there aren't those type of people out there who who do do destructive things on purpose because you know of whatever it is that they're going through in their own situations you know we we watch murder mysteries constantly documentaries docuseries you know the more of it that we can get the better you know we like it and in in watching all of these series about all of these you know, serial killers or convicted felons or all of this violence, I think that we, sometimes we want to act out the same way. I think that sometimes we are drawn to it because of our own circumstances that we're choosing not to make the same decisions or the same type of decisions. And we're trying to find a more positive way to bring the change about in our own lives and so um again this is this is why I've, I've had to sit down and write this business plan out and so far so good I you know it, it's gonna come and like I said I'm a I'm a reveal it at the end of this season but the call to action that I'm really looking for in people today is why can't we just start in a, a mindset that we are bad and bougie? No matter if we have that financial freedom or not. You know, why can't we start and say, you know, I am a gentleman. For all my southern gangsters in the south, 
I don't care who you are, where you come from, what hood you live in, how you was brought up, what your culture is. I, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know, you give respect until you're disrespected. And to me, this is like a pivotal piece of information about humanity. Because ultimately, that is what I'm looking at here. I'm looking at the overall humanity of the world today. And I am saying that there is really nothing wrong with this mindset except the negativity that comes with it. We don't have to destroy ourselves and our communities by any means necessary to get to our goals that really the kindness of humanity exists there and will help you to prosper. It is it's not an easy road, but neither is most of the things that we're out here doing negatively. You know, rob a house, there's consequences, not jail. The energy that you give out is what you receive. The the sow seeds that you that you plant are is what you sow. You know, it it all comes back in a cycle. And I say that it is time for us to break cycles. And I know that I see this movement that is just there on the horizon. And as I watch social media platforms, it is the same message coming from individuals that says, hey, you know, I'm just doing the best that I can with what I got. And... That's all we can do as human beings is the best that we can do. But are we really doing the best that we can do? Are we? Because I don't feel like we are. Because if we were, we wouldn't have the problems in our communities that we have. There wouldn't be any, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylors in this world if we were doing all that we possibly could. And I'm talking to every member of a community. I am talking to every human being that is out there. We're all not doing enough. We're all barely scraping by in this whole whole life. We're, we're just barely there. And I know that the desire is there. I know that the community collective desire is there. And yet here we are. So my call to action right now, right here, right now, is how can we maintain the morality of the respect and the love from the game without it being the negative actions. And I'm calling you to start thinking about how you can change in your own self-love. Remember I told you we got to appreciate ourselves as individuals. We have to appreciate each other as individuals. And then give it back to our community the same respect of individuality that we're we want 
And so that's, again, here I am. I'm, I'm trying to call you out and say, you know, if you're, if you're out there and you're selling drugs, I know, I know a lot of stories. I know a lot of things I probably shouldn't know. I've, I've been able to be blessed with participating in conversations that someone like me should have never been a part of. So let me share about this one drug dealer. He didn't make it to the rap charts. He made it to the prison. And he was out there and he was hustling to make a better life for himself and his family. And he did that. He achieved that goal. But at some point in him, he had to sit down and put it back into his community and the stories of this dude is that he would drive around in a drop top and hand out Nintendo systems PlayStation sorry PlayStation systems you know um all of the desirable you know electronics and video games and uh, what these poor kids just had no hope of ever achieving because there was no that financial freedom wasn't a stability in their life so these are the things that they yearned for and he gave it right back to his community in his own neighborhoods you know where he he grew up where he was known where you know there was someone in a house who was old living on disability who couldn't afford to pay for anything except for that shotgun house that came and it was falling apart and and he really tried you know, to bring about some change. And this is the change that he, you know, felt like he could meet the need of. And so, you know, I give much props to him because he tried to take something negative and turn it into a positive. And you always hear, you know, about giving back to your communities. You know, hey, T.I., I'm calling on you. I got a plan, bro, how, how we can bring this, you know, I'm writing it right now. Look, I got this idea to bring this all together and to to be able to bring positivity back to our communities. And again, I hope I ch- I I hope to redefine hustle across the board. I do. Because if I can hustle, anybody can hustle. It's not just for me to get it. It's for everybody out there to get it. It's what you want to do with it, you know, again, and I know that there are not the tools in our community systems that will show you the way to go and get it by your positive dreams. (coughs) Excuse me. So again, here's my call to action is let's start promoting the positive hustles in the world. Let's start promoting the positive hustles in our communities. And I might have just said that twice, but I I mean, I can't reiterate this enough. Man, if you got a dream and you want to go make it happen, go make it happen like you was selling dope on the block and you blocking. You know... I have to tell you in all honesty that rap music 
changed my life in for the better. It helped me to focus my drive to where I wanted to go. It gave me the boldness to step out into the arena and say, I got this. I can make this shit jump. I could do this. Every time I, you know, get my mind right like a soldier preparing for war, I'm going out there with a mindset of a hustler based off of a feeling I got from a rap song. So I know that it's not the music that makes us and drives us into this violence. Again, I've done enough study in in myself and in my own experiences to know exactly where that comes from. And it is from the infrastructure itself. So we're going to work to change that. And we're going to take small changes to change that. So the call that I'm calling you to make right now says, if you see someone in your community and they got a hustle, Maybe they want to start a fitness class somewhere that doesn't usually participate in fitness classes. Or they want to start a service and, you know, they really just need their first customer. They need that first yes. You know, gangsters, let's step up to the plate and say... Hey, I, you know, I'm going to support you. I'm going to get you to fix the air conditioner at the house or, you know, what, whatever it is that that hustle is. And let's start building our communities on our own. Fuck being codependent on government resources. We can't, we cannot rely on them to, to do what is best for us as an individual or for us as a people. And so... You know, I, I, I believe that this is a pathway into what I want it to be better. The way that I see that it is going to come together. And don't stop. Don't stop being a gentleman and a lady just because of your circumstances. Hold on to those honor among code of ethics that we have don't don't let that go don't let that by any means necessary get away from you just put it towards something positive in your life and there's the call to action take those beliefs that you have have had your entire life Take those strengths in your characteristics and your character and let's, let's apply them towards something positive in our lives. That we, a goal that we can achieve by any means necessary in the individual. Again, you know, there's a lot of disparities that we have to discuss. I can't touch on all of them in one episode that's why I had to make this a whole season you know and I'm gonna I'm introducing it and it does it makes me nervous in the introduction so you kind of hear me with my stutter words um but 
as I go on through the season, I know that it is going to get better and better for me to talk about and easier. And I know that that this will affect some change. I know that it will. I know that this is just one small step because I feel like empowering a person as an individual will empower a community as a whole. And when we show this unconditional love and respect to each other in our communities, then I think that our communities will begin to prosper. I think that they will begin to grow because even now you're hearing on the news about like this economic downturn and how there's a second depression on the horizon. You know who changes that? You know who stops that in its tracks? You know the preventative actions that will stop that from happening is we the people. The people. You know, in 2020, when the riots kicked off, I was so fucking happy. Before the riots kicked off, I was trolling people. I was calling them out. Bitch, all you doing is yapping. Yip, 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 yip. Talking about some shit. But then being from the South and, and saying you don't speak on the things you know nothing about. Why are you talking about something that you don't even, you know, understand? Why are you out there yipping and yipping and yipping about, oh, we need to change this and we need to do this and we need to do that. But where's your action for that? Where's your action? for bringing about positive change there is none there is none and and for most of us I know I know from all the experiences I had you know in my high school and in my schooling days I was always like the class tutor I always got sat next to the kid who didn't get the material that we were studying And the reason the teacher would pair us up is because it came natural for me, my understanding of this textbook knowledge. I didn't have no applied life sciences. I couldn't take from the textbook and apply it to real life until I met my husband. And he changed all that for me. But I want to to do the same thing. I want to offer you an ability to change this for yourself. You know, come sit next to me. I'm going to help you to understand the material that we're studying and then I hope that you raise your grade from an F to an A. I hope that it brings about positive change in individuals in our community. I hope I really want to destroy right now my enemy is codependency on on programs on infrastructure programs. Because to me, the biggest gangsters in this world wear suits and ties and they sit up on heels and they think that they're better than someone else. But that's not the truth. The most infamous gangster of all time is Al Capone. And bitch, you in the suit took your strategy straight from Capone. Straight from Capone. And if you don't know what all Capone did in his years as a community leader and a gangster is that he dipped in both sides of the pot. 
He was part of the infrastructure, but he was also part of the streets. And that's what made him so successful. But our politicians now, they don't have that street cred. They don't know the real of it. But they sure did steal his plans. They sure did steal the way that he, you know, implemented different things in our communities. Might not blew anybody up. He, you know, they might not line them up and shoot them no more. But they line them up in cuffs and shackles. They just changed a little verbiage. That's all they did. It's still the same world that we live in now. As he did then. I mean, shit, I'm from Louisiana. Our governor went to federal prison. Yes, he was. He was a gangster. He knew how to work in both the streets and in the community. It is what he was. He was a broke-ass boy from the bayou. And he made it. You see? So you you have to say, you have to to know that, you know, anybody could get this. Anybody could make their life better. And we can't let someone else define what that better means for us. But we have to define that for ourselves. What does make a life better? And again, I feel like first step is loving yourself and respecting yourself for who you are and what your experiences, whether they were positive or negative or traumatic or joyous, whatever. That's what made you who you are right now. Respect that. Love that. Show that to the next man in the respect and unconditional love. And let's start working toward making our communities better because we made ourselves better. Where we go shop at will be better because we don't have a nasty fuck you attitude. Be a lady and a, you know, a gentleman. And that doesn't have to come with a suit and a dress or none of that. It comes with an attitude. It comes with, you know, a way of living your life. It comes from within. It comes from inside of you and what you choose to make yourself into. And I know that this is... You know, this one podcast is not going to make all the difference. That's why I'm going to keep delving into this subject. This is just the brink of it. So it is time for me to go to my little vanilla job. And I am, I'm working with a lot of public. And right now I'm calling out the rude people. We don't have to be rude. We don't have to be ugly. You're not better than anyone. You're a human being and I'm a human being. And we're going to speak like we're human beings. And we're going to speak to each other like we're human beings. I'm not your servant. I'm not here for your beck and call. You know, I I have my own intentions and my own job to do. And I'm going to do that to the best of my abilities. And I'm going to have fun doing it. And I'm going to love being around the people I am, even when it gets hard, even when they're nasty. And hopefully I can spread it in my own community one at a time. And again, this is my call to action to you. 
can we go through our communities and start spreading unconditional love and respect one at a time? Can we start setting goals for ourselves and our communities that we achieve by any means necessary? So with that being said, we know what we got to do, guys. Let's get out there and do it. See you in the next episode.